Welcome to the Modern Goddess podcast. I'm Cindy Johns, and it's my mission to help busy women reconnect with themselves through yoga, mindful movement, meditation, and self-care. This podcast is all about helping you empower the goddess within. For more ways to empower your goddess, please visit me at www.modern-goddess.net. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, welcome to series four of the Modern Goddess podcast. Our theme for this series is the characteristics and myths of Lakshmi and how we can embody them in our modern lives. Now, this series has been a long time in the making, simply because the more I study on Lakshmi, the more complexity I find. And she's such a big, meaty subject, so I could just keep studying and studying and studying. But um, there comes to the point when you actually have to start, you know, creating podcast episodes. So what I thought is that um, we'll just return to this subject again and again in the future because there's more that we can learn and mine from these amazing um, stories of Lakshmi. So um, let's make a start today. I want to talk to you about the Hindu story of the birth of Lakshmi and what this story says about creating your own abundance. So the birth of Lakshmi, the Hindu story, because there are different variations. um, Lakshmi appears in so many different different faiths. Um, But I'm dealing with the Hindu one for... um, ease, not for ease, but just so that we don't go off on a crazy tangent. Um, And it's a really, really beautiful story. So let's start by setting the foundation with the story of Lakshmi's creation. I am going to be um, quoting, reading passages of the story from a book that I found called Shakti Mantras. Um, And it's by Thomas Ashley Ferrand. And it's a great, it's a great book. There's all different uh, mantras, uh, Shakti mantras, basically. Uh, Tapping into the great goddess energy within is the byline. It's a brilliant book. Um, If you're a book nerd and if you're into mantra and if you're into developing your own Shakti energy, right? Um, Get this book. It's awesome. So let's start. First of all, in a nutshell, The celestial beings, the demons and the angels are having a huge bang-up fight, which is pretty standard across every spiritual faith in the world. The demons and the angels are fighting. So they're actually fighting. The context is they're fighting before the beginning of creation and they're looking for the nectar of immortality because they know that Without this nectar of immortality, their time is limited. So they're finding each other in the search 
for the nectar of immortality. And as you can imagine, this it's not like a two-week disagreement. It's going on and on and on. Now, a celestial being called Indra, who kind of fancies himself as the leader of the angels and kind of the leader of everything, really, um, he calls everyone together after all of these eons of fighting and makes this speech I'm going to read now. So after a truce, Indra called a meeting of the celestials and the demons and spoke to the assembled. If we are to be truly immortal, we must find a way to churn this ocean of consciousness. Otherwise, we will all drift endlessly in ghostly forms, ceaselessly combating one another for supremacy over a fluidic space that has neither substance nor inherent value. Churning this ocean will inevitably reveal the location of the nectar of immortality we all seek. So clearly, the only way any of this was going to, to come to pass, and the only way that they were going to actually find this nectar of immortality and in the process create the universe, was if everyone worked together. So there's a story in that, but we'll come back to it. So once they've all agreed that, yes, we're going to work together, we'll put aside our differences, the real story begins. So back to reading. Indra continued, first we must find a centre for our churning. Our efforts will create huge forces of a centrifugal and centripetal nature. Somehow they must be contained and directed to our use. I am open to suggestions. He all, always thought of himself as being in charge, even when in the company of his adversaries, the demons. Part of my consciousness is anchored in an etheric mountain of such strength that it will not shatter from the forces you will all put forth, said Shiva. I offer Mount Mandara as a churning stick. So there you go. Processes, you know, systems and processes are starting to happen. Shiva goes on. Further, I have asked the great saviour of individual volitional awareness. Isn't that amazing? My friend Vishnu to invest a portion of himself as Kuma Batutas. It is upon his heroic back that the churning may rest without tearing apart the fabric of this etheric universe. Finally, I can happily announce that the servant, serpent, excuse me, Vasuki has volunteered to be used as a churning rod so that you all may have some place to grasp in the churning efforts. So, things are beginning to happen. Everyone now attaches themselves to the snake and starts going around and around and around, churning the etheric ocean of consciousness. Eventually, the ocean begins to release bits of matter that eventually would become the physical universe. Isn't it interesting that the goddess of abundance was created at the same time the universe was created? Again, more on that later. Now, with all of that churning, it's inevitable that someone is going to get sick. Let me read to you again. Faster and faster, the celestials and the demons raced around the center point. 
and the ocean began to roil with the flakes of matter that would eventually become the physical universe as we know it. Around and around the centre, the assembly pulled on Vasuki with ever-increasing intensity and speed. Then, something completely unexpected happened. Vasuki, getting dizzier and dizzier with every round, became ill. With an eruptive cough, he sent a huge projectile of poisonous substance spewing forth from his mouth. It was headed right for a large group of celestials. Instantly moving from his neutral stance, Shiva shot across the ocean of consciousness and caught the deadly glob in his mouth. It settled into his throat where he neutralised it, even as the poison turned his throat blue. So, Shiva comes to the rescue. And after his heroics, the whole party kept churning and churning with more jewels and beautiful things coming out of the ocean of consciousness until finally Lakshmi appeared. And I'll just read one more thing to you before we delve into the story. Suddenly, a shining woman of extraordinary beauty arose from the surging, swirling mists. Clad in a deep pink sari and bedecked with gold and precious stones, she floated to the side of the celestials and alighted softly. Even though her dress and ornaments would have commanded many fortunes of extravagant kings and queens, it was not that which drew rapt attention. So strikingly radiant with both beauty and compassion was her face that all were reduced to gaping. None of them had ever seen anything like her before. She was Lakshmi, regal and supreme. Pretty amazing story, right? <laughs> so much good stuff there. Um, I want to go, first of all, I want to go right back to the beginning of the story and talk about how they, the celestial beings and the demons had to work together. They had to put aside their differences and come together in order to create the universe and in that process create Lakshmi. So Lakshmi is the goddess of abundance. She's the goddess of every good thing. Now, I, I really love this point in the story because when it comes to creating your own abundance in any area of your life, you always need help. I like to say that no goddess is an island. You know, I, I believe that you can accumulate stuff. You can accumulate material possessions and money on your own. You can go out and um, get a job and, and work hard and you, you can, to a certain extent, create businesses uh, by yourself. You can get wealth on your own and material possessions on your own, you know, but that is an abundance. To me, that is an abundance. And if you're sitting at home and you've got, you know, an amazing house and you've got um, beautiful things and every bit of technology that you might ever need and you're just sitting there in amongst all your stuff, that is an abundance. That's called being a Scrooge because, it, to me, there's no point in having all of this stuff if you're not sharing it with people. 
So my definition of abundance is you've got um, flowing good things in your life that you are sharing with people. So abundance isn't a stagnant energy. Abundance is an energy that flows. It comes to you, it goes. It comes to you, it goes. And to create more abundance, uh, you need to give more. You know, working at the, the, the celestial beings and the demons wanted the same thing. They wanted the nectar of immortality. But by uh, serving their own interests in the hunt for this nectar of immortality, all they were doing was fighting, wasting time and getting nowhere, expending their energy doing pretty much nothing. But the moment they sat themselves down and came up with a plan and started working together, all of these beautiful things started coming forth. Um, in the story, jewels and gold starts coming from the, the churning of the ocean of consciousness, um, which they couldn't do without each other. So everyone is benefiting. As, as, these, as these jewels are coming out and these amazing things are coming out of the, of the churning of the ocean of consciousness, um, different demons and, and different angels are grabbing these jewels for themselves and as a result, growing, as, um, growing in power. But the, the point is that you can't do that without other people. So I, of, I personally often like to, um, when I'm feeling stuck and um, there's nothing, there's no abundance flowing in my life, I like to look at where I am withholding my own energy, where I'm withholding myself. And usually I find the moment I find I start um, not focusing on myself as much and start actually giving some of my energy to other people then um, and other, other causes, other things, then that, that area of my life becomes unstuck and things start flowing again. So I would, if you're feeling, let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're feeling, um, you're feeling stuck in uh, friendship, in an area of friendship. You're kind of lonely. So I would suggest um, looking at where you can be a friend to someone else. So um, old people, for example, old people are lonely. They're stuck in these, um, in our Western culture, we put them in homes and leave them there. And, you know, they probably get a little bit lonely in these places. So maybe you could go and visit once a week, take a, like a puzzle or, or whatever gift that you have that you can impart. If you like to crochet or knit or something or just whatever, just go and hang out with some old people in your community and then you're being a friend to them and you'll actually find that they'll end up being a friend to you and you've opened the door for friendship energy, right? For, friend, for abundance in friendship to come to you. I know I get, um, I'm quite introverted and I find that when I go into my shell, if I do it for too long, I, people stop talking to me. And of course they do because I'm tucking myself away. 
So when that starts happening and then I start getting grumpy, like, oh, why isn't anyone calling me? And then I think, well, how involved are you in other people's lives? So then I take steps to ask how other people are going and, you know, make my presence felt in caring for other people. You have to um, work with other people in order to let abundant energy flow. Great. All right. So moving on to the next point. So the next part of the story that I'd like to discuss with you is the part where Vasuki the snake becomes ill and has to cough up some of that poisonous crap. When you start churning around in your own ocean of consciousness, <laughs> um, crap comes up, right? So if you're, if you're looking at your life and you're thinking, oh, need more abundance I need more of this I need more of that it doesn't just come it doesn't um, it's very rare that things just pop into your life like oh hello here I am when that does happen that's called grace and you've got to grab onto that and be as thankful as possible for it and then turn that into abundance for other people as well spread that grace around but when you really start getting serious about creating abundance you need to sort out some of your crap. You need to start churning around in your own ocean of consciousness, your own um, stuff, your own belief systems, your own methods of doing things. That's never an easy process. And sometimes, sometimes a lot of rubbish comes out. In abundance, if, you're, if we're dealing with um, monetary abundance and... You know, for women, that's such a big thing. I, we, I mean, there are plenty of women out there going out and kicking butt and making the money that they need to be financially independent. And um, hooray for you. I mean, far out, I take my hats off to you. It's something that I work on all the time. And for most women, that is true. It is something that, that we work on because we're still coming out of that mindset, I think. You know, my mum was a stay-at-home mum. And she was really lucky because she and my dad worked together to, you know, to do everything. They shared everything. Everything that they have now in their retirement is because mum and dad worked together. But there were money issues in my house and there were bad attitudes towards money. And my mum, simply because this was the way she was brought up, taught me that money comes from men. And, you know, I didn't get married to really, really late in life. So I spent most of my life making my own money. But I still had this, this um, deep-rooted thing that money actually came from, that you got money from other people and those other people were generally men. And I, I think maybe the next generation of women won't have that as much because this generation, my generation, we're working as women. We are... Um, I don't have children, but, you know, so many of my friends who do have children are still out in the workforce. They're raising amazing children, amazing young adults, and they're going out there and um, working. And I think when we see that, you know, you learn how things are supposed to be in your home. So um, I'm, I'm focusing on money here, but 
because for me, when I start really thinking to myself, okay, you know, my attitudes toward, towards money are wrong, when I'm in periods where periods of my life where the abund financial abundance isn't flowing, um, I have to go back and look at my beliefs around money. What do I believe? Do I believe that I'm worthy of money? Do I believe that people have to give me money? And it gets murky. It gets murky because you've got to get in there and sort that crap out. And um, poisonous crap comes out. Um, you get angry at, at well, some you might. You'll get, well, yeah, you will. You'll get angry at old, old belief systems. I know I got really angry as to... Um, well, why? Why did I feel that when I first started on my entrepreneurial journey, why did I feel that I, I had to go to work and somebody could tell me you're worth this much money and you'll work from this time to this time and you'll do exactly what I tell you? Even though a lot of times I could see that maybe there was a better way to do that. So... From there, I, from being in a job situation, I then had to get the courage to go from there to doing my own thing, trusting, believing that I could do it, having faith in myself, um, breaking through lazy, lazy patterns, right? Working for someone else and just turning up to work and doing as you're told as opposed to you have to get up at this time of the morning and you have to... Um, learn the learning curve and all the stuff that you have to do when you go out into business for yourself managing your money better you know all of that stuff crap comes out and you start looking at um maybe some ugly sides of yourself but the point that i really want to make to you is shiva was standing in a neutral stance so he was actually watching all of the celestial beings and the demons churning. He was watching. He is the big Lord, so, you know, fair enough. So he's watching them work. And then when that poison and that crap started coming out and it started putting the whole process in danger because it was, you know, that crap was heading straight towards a bunch of celestial beings, Shiva had to step out of his neutral stance and take one for the team. We have to do that too. We have to step out of our neutrality. We have to step out of our complacency, out of our watching, watching. So this is my life and I earn this much money or, um, you know, I want a relationship but I don't, I want abundance in my relationships but I don't want to work for the abundance in my relationships. I just want it to come to me. I want a beautiful house, but I don't want to put money aside for the deposit. All of those things that, you know, where those areas where we want abundance and we're standing in neutrality and we're not moving forward. We need to step out of our neutral stance and sometimes we need to take one for the team. Sometimes we need to put ourselves second so that the abundance can flow for other people and then eventually it'll flow for us too. It always does. It always does. But we also need to deal with the crap that comes up. That's really the point that I'm trying to make. 
crap is gonna come up <laughs> when you're journeying in your consciousness it's never an easy process believe me to go from one place in your mindset one place in your life and moving into the next thing always crap is going to come up and you have to deal with it or else you're stuck you're just staying there so if shiva hadn't moved out of his neutral position and um swallowed the, the poison that the suki uh spewed up vomited up those celestial beings would have been taken out of the picture and the story of creation would have just ended because there's a big chunk of all the the workers are um, not working as that crap comes out you need to make the the commitment to yourself that you're going to deal with it as it comes up and it's worth it it is worth it because as that crap comes up, you sort through it, you get out of your neutral stance, you do what you have to do to move into the next phase. And that's where your abundance lies. That's where your prosperity, your success, your joy lies in dealing with your crap and moving forward. It's not easy. <laughs> it really isn't. But really nothing worth doing is. So the final point that I'd like to make about this story is Lakshmi's luscious entrance. Here she is in her beautiful, beautiful sari, and she's adorned in jewels and all sorts of magnificent things that would command a king's fortune. But what was it that held everyone in rapture? It was the compassion and the love radiating from her face. That to me speaks volumes. You know, and I said, I spoke of this at the beginning of the episode, that sitting in your material possessions does not bring you joy. It actually makes you a Scrooge and no one wants to hang around a Scrooge. So while doing all of the things to create abundance into your life, you know, churning, working together with people, churning your own um, ocean of consciousness, um, dealing with the crap that comes up, all of that will lead to material abundance. It will lead to you having the external indicators of abundance. It will also lead to beauty of the soul, beauty of the heart, peace of mind, happiness, compassion for other people. I, I don't believe that you can be truly abundant and have hate in your heart. I think having hate in your heart precludes you from real abundance. So doing the work, so, so I think the point I'm trying to make is that the focus of abundance is not to have more stuff. The focus of abundance is to make yourself a better person and through that, the abundance flows. The abundance comes to you. Uh, there are plenty of really rich people who go, bed, go to bed at night and are miserable. There are plenty of really rich people who bring misery into our world. And that's, I'm, I believe that you're listening to this podcast because that's not the sort of person that you want to be, to be. If you want to, you know, learn about how to get rich, there are plenty of other books and podcasts that you can 
read and listen to so many. <laughs> but if you want to have a, a life of abundance, which means more love, more friendship, more joy, more flow, it means being able to go to bed at night with a peaceful and happy heart. It means being able to pay all of your bills and still put money away. It means being able to buy what you want when you want. Um, it means not preying on other people <laughs> to get what you want. Dealing with your stuff will get you to that point. Dealing with your stuff will get working with others and dealing with your stuff and looking for a way to um, help everyone get what they want and be abundant also draws people to you and your light shines. It really does. It really shines. So I want to leave it there. Um, I've got so much more that I could share with you on this topic, but there's our basic introduction to the story of the creation of Lakshmi. So three things to create your own abundance, work with others. How can you help others to get their abundance while you're building your own abundance? Point two, step out of your neutral stance. Crap is going to come up. Don't be neutral about it. Get in there and deal with it. Help other people deal with their crap. If you see someone going through something that you've gone through before in, you know, moving forward in your life, help them. Show them, share, share with them. Make yourself a little bit vulnerable and share your, you know, how you got through your crap. Deal with your stuff. Make room for that abundance to flow by getting rid of old belief patterns, old um, ways of doing things, things that have kept you stuck. And thirdly, understand that it's about doing the internal work to create that abundance in your life. It's not about the external gathering of stuff. It's about sorting out your own crap and, and um, being full of love and compassion to attract more abundance to you. Awesome. So in the next episode, I am going to talk about opening to abundance and the abundant foundations of the universe. So one thing that I haven't touched on in this story is that while the um, celestial beings and the demons are churning the ocean of consciousness, they're actually creating the universe in the process, right? Which is when you're churning your own ocean of consciousness, you're creating your own universe. You're creating your own world that you want to live in. So it's no coincidence that the story, the Hindu story of Lakshmi's creation is also the Hindu story of creation itself. So what this screams to me is that the entire universe is abundance. There is no lack in the makeup of the universe. And, you know, any creation story from any spiritual belief, if we go to um, the story of creation in the Christian Bible, there is no lack. <laughs> God made it perfect. I want to discuss with you next, next episode, opening yourself to the abundance, 
the, the abundant foundations of the universe and how you can draw on that yourself. So thank you for joining me. I hope I haven't rabbited on too much. I hope you've got some cool stuff out of that. Go now, see where you want abundance in your life and go and find a way to help other people get that in their life as well. And see, just see what that opens up for you. All right, I'll speak with you next week. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining me. If you would like to find out more about Modern Goddess, please visit www.modern-goddess.net or join our online community on Instagram at the underscore modern underscore goddess underscore. Speak to you next week.